Welcome back to the Vine Church Podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Good morning. We're looking in our second uh, part this morning in our studies in 1 Thessalonians and uh, this wonderful letter which... uh, that 19th century uh, commentator described as having a kind of unmingled sweetness to it, a letter that the Apostle Paul had written very early on uh, in AD 51. Uh, and uh, it kind of carries that authentic human element of, of the Apostle Paul, as we saw yesterday, writing to them as a pastor, as a father, as a mother who cares for these people, but who he has not been with for um a year, 18 months, and he's concerned about them. He's just had a report from Timothy uh, who has told him that they're doing well. They've got some issues, sure, uh, but they're doing well. They're still standing firm in the gospel. And so the Apostle Paul is hugely encouraged uh, and he picks up his pen and he writes to thank God for them, but also to give some instruction because there are some issues that need to be dealt with as well. And so that's where this letter comes from. But how did this church in in Thessalonica actually begin? Uh, Let me just read quickly uh, the opening uh, verse for us. Paul, Silas and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. And uh, here what we see is that this letter, uh, this church rather, began as a result of the ministry of the Apostle Paul and Silas and Timothy. So Paul, Silas and Timothy went to Thessalonica. How did that happen? And by the way, what I really want to say to you today is that God guides us. And certainly God guided the Apostle Paul to this great city where he established a church. Uh, So how did this happen? Well, Thessalonica was a significant city. It had a a natural harbour. It was on the Via Ignatia Way, which ran from east to west, from Rome to Turkey, and was a major trading route. And so Thessalonica was the kind of leading city in the area. Uh, It was a large city with uh, a diverse population. It had a synagogue for the Jews. Uh, with God-fearing people attached to that as well. Uh, It was full of idols as well. We certainly read of idolatry in chapter 1 of 1 Thessalonians, so it's a a pagan place as well. And that's where Paul goes. But how did he get there? Well, um, he began... Oh, by the way, just so you know, also out of interest, Thessalonica was named after the wife of uh, Cassander. Cassander was an army officer serving under Alexander the Great. And Alexander the Great had a half-sister called Thessalonica. And Thessalonica married Cassander, the army general. And then it was Cassander who went to Thessalonica and founded Thessalonica and named the city after his wife. So there you are. That's very romantic, naming a city after your wife, Thessalonica. Uh, And that's how it came into being. It became a significant city in Greece um, and in the region of Macedonia. 
Well, the Apostle Paul was traveling with uh, four of his uh, colleagues, well, three colleagues uh, plus himself, and they were traveling through the region of uh, Asia, um, not the modern Asia, but the, the kind of district of Asia. But you'll remember how the Holy Spirit kept stopping them from going into the towns of the province of Asia. And uh, Paul was picking up people as he traveled. He had Silas with him originally. Then he picked up uh, Timothy in Lystra. This young convert joined his team. And then he picked up um, Luke in Troas on the coast. And so there were the four of them, Paul, Silas, Timothy and Luke. And they were on the coast at Troas, wondering what to do because they had been prevented from going to the places that Paul would have liked to have gone to. And then that night he had a vision of a man from Macedonia calling him across to Macedonia, saying that he was needed over there, that, that, he, he was, that they wanted him to help over in Macedonia. And so Paul concluded that God was speaking. And so the very next morning, the four of them set off. Can you imagine this? The first ever missionary journey, four people traveling on a boat across the northern Aegean Sea to Europe. The first missionary trip to Europe. And they arrived uh, at Neapolis um, and then traveled. And the first city they came to was Philippi. And of course, we read of the very successful missionary journey that Paul had in Philippi, how the gospel was opened up there as Lydia opened her home and her heart and the church was started in Philippi. And then Paul carried on his journeys from Philippi after facing some persecution there. He continued, he left Luke in Philippi, but he, Silas and Timothy continued their journey and they went next to Thessalonica. It's worth noting, by the way, that the vision was that he was needed in Macedonia, the region of Macedonia. It wasn't just to one city that they were supposed to go, just to Philippi. It was to the region that they were called to go. And they ended up actually going to three cities in the region of Macedonia, to Philippi and then to Thessalonica, and then finally to Berea. And so it is to the region of Macedonia that they are called. And I think that's a good message. God calls us to towns, but also to areas. And uh, that was the vision that Paul was given to go through Macedonia. Uh, and he was guided by God in doing that. Uh, and when he went, of course, he found that God was with him and that the gospel was successful as he traveled. That doesn't mean it was easy. There were challenges. There was persecution in all those places, not Berea so much until the Thessalonian troublemakers arrived to, to hound him out. But in certainly in Philippi and Thessalonica, he found local opposition. The gospel, he was led to preach this gospel, but nevertheless, there was going to be opposition. That's no evidence that we're on the wrong track when we face difficulties. So Paul ends up in Thessalonica and there he is and he preaches the gospel in this place. As we saw yesterday, he preaches that the Christ of the Old Testament, who would be born, who would live, who would suffer, who would die, who would be crucified, 
and the Jesus of history, of recent history, who was born, who lived, who suffered, who died and uh, and was resurrected. This Jesus of history is the Christ of Scripture. Jesus is the Messiah. That's the apostolic message. That's what brought conviction for sin. That's what turned people around and transformed people into wholehearted followers of Jesus. That's how the church was founded. The church was founded by the preaching of the gospel. The church was shaped by this gospel. This gospel created the church and shaped the church and determined the outline and the details of how the church should be. It was the gospel that shaped and created the church. And so there he is in Thessalonica and uh, he preaches with the three of them. And uh, it says that he had three Sundays or three Saturdays, I keep saying Sundays, three Saturdays, three consecutive Sabbaths in the synagogue there. And as he preached, some Jews turned, some lots of God-fearers turned. He probably stayed a few more weeks after that as well. And then he was hounded out by a bunch of troublemakers in the city and he had to move on. But the gospel had been established, the church had been established, and God had guided Paul to go. And I want to finish just by mentioning a card that Diane Charnley from the church, who was a long-standing and much-loved member of our church, but who tragically uh, passed away unexpectedly just over a week ago. And um, she she left us a card, which we found on my desk uh, just after sh uh, she had died. And this card has a verse on it on the front, which says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. A wonderful promise from a wonderful person who is now in a wonderful place. And that promise that God will guide us, God will lead us. And so on the back, amongst other things, she writes and she says, to the elders at the church that I pray that you will have a blessed new year. Keep well and safe. God bless you all as you continue to lead the church. Thanks again for all you do. Love and prayers, Diane. Such a powerful uh, card and I'm keeping it as my bookmark now because it's it's so powerful and such a reminder that God will guide us. God does guide us and God will lead us into the mission that he has for us. And so we can be confident of that. So let's just pray. Lord, I do ask you that you would be with us as we go through another day and that we would know your grace, your encouragement. We'd know that this gospel has taken hold of us and that we are safe in your hands because you have got hold of us through the power of this gospel. Thank you, Lord, that you guide us. Would you guide us today? Would you lead us? Would you show us the way that you want us to go? Would you help us to know that you are there for us to give us all the wisdom that we need to do what you want us to do? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.